0: What's good, everyone? Welcome to Geeks Who Watch Football. I am your host, Jeff Jackson. I hope everyone had a special Memorial Day weekend, enjoyed the three days off. Salute to everyone, for all the veterans, for those of you who are listening who either served in the military or for those of you who know family members or friends who served in the military, thank you so much for all your service in both past, present, to give us the ability to enjoy the freedoms we now have and enjoy what we have in that Democracy, we really can't take it for granted, you know, so just a quick shout out to everyone there. I uh, did not do a sports episode this week. Weekend ran a little long. Um, nothing really breaking in the news of sports. I do have episodes planned, but so we will get back to a normal schedule next week. But today's episode, we're going to continue along with the gaming. Uh, this is a continuation of the retro game. Library type deal, but before I get into the details just a reminder to leave a review. It's not hard Just give a five star click or a four star three star Whatever any type of criticism helps the podcast whether you listen on anchor Spotify Apple podcast um, In addition, I have put a poll up of what game you want to do next in the retro game library I'm deciding between Mass Effect trilogy and the resistance trilogy on ps3 The Mass Effect Trilogy would include the remastered Legendary Edition that just came out a couple weeks ago. So please vote on Facebook. I have a poll up. I'll also have a story on Instagram in the next coming days to reflect this as well. Um, In addition, you can also tweet at me. I am at MadTitan1018 on Twitter. So, back to what I was saying before. This is going to be a continuation. This is the next part in the Retro Games Library Book Club. A few weeks back, Garrett was on, my buddy, and we reviewed Sly Cooper, the the original one, on PS2. I played the Sly collection and cheated on PS Vita. We are now going through the entire series, so today's episode will be about Sly 2, Band of Thieves. Uh, I had a more critical approach to it this time, instead of just playing it to enjoy it, as I'm sure Garrett did well. We both played through it, we both beaten it. I can't wait to have him on in just a second to share his thoughts and how things have aged and how haven't they aged, like what's aged well and what has started the show a little bit. But still a great game. Highly recommend it to those of you who live under a rock and don't know what the Sly Cooper Collection is or want to jump into it and play along with us. That's great, outstanding. You can catch up really quickly. It is available on the Sly Collection, which is on PS3 and PS Vita. In addition, you could play the OG versions on PlayStation 2. I think they're pretty relatively cheap right now. And if you have just like a PS4 or PS5 and you want to play it, it is also available to stream on PlayStation now. There is a free week trial, I believe. And I think the subscription itself is like $10 a month. So multiple ways to play this uh, collection. Very highly recommend it. Thank you to everyone for listening. The next game we're going to be playing in the collection is Sly 3 Honor Among Thieves next. So, and I believe that will be next week's episode, if not next week, the following week. So we're going to continue right along with this. So for those of you who have been playing along with us, thank you for your patience. This took a little while to get out. We are going to do Sly Honor Among Thieves, so you can start playing that now. That's not quite as long as Sly 2. It's about three or four hours shorter. So thank you once again to everyone. I'm going to bring Garrett on here right now and hope you guys enjoy the show. That was like a weird intro for music, but if the music didn't give it away, we are talking Sly 2 today, for those who've been following on the Retro Gaming Club, whatever the heck we're going to call this thing. And if we're talking Sly Cooper, there's no one else I'd rather have talking it with than the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Garrett Smith. How are you doing tonight, Garrett?
1: I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Not too
0: bad. You ready to talk some Sly 2? Because we already covered the series overview where we did our initial rankings. So then, Garrett and I decided because our rankings were not the same. I actually went back and listened to that episode to see what our original rankings were, because I forgot mine already. <laughs> uh, so I had to do the re the, the thing, and then we're gonna play through the whole Sly series and then re rank them and see if, yeah, it's say, the same, if it's different. If it's,
1: I was expecting the intro music to be like a marching band parade, since this is your favorite one.
0: is <laughs> yes, yes, and I gave Garrett a load of shit. Even though, to be fair, you gave I think Sly Two is still your second one though. Yes, I don't think you had it. You didn't. There's some like most people who have slide two. It's not, I'm it's probably the fan favorite of the series, but it's those who give it to slide three or thieves in time. That's also ranked high in most people's. Almost everybody I've ever seen gives slide two. It they either have it as their one or their two. So if somebody Mm -hmm. has slide thieves in time one, like Garrett does, they have it too. Or if they have slide three first, they have this one second. Like slide two is in the top two, like consecutively of like all of them yes so i'm super excited to see that talk about this one since we just came off slide one a few weeks back and we could kind of see where this whole thing goes because <laughs> there's so much to talk about and i actually took notes this time i feel like a nerd like my wife is judging me because i have the laptop open while i'm playing and as i see stuff or notice stuff i jot stuff down because you'd be surprised, and I don't know if it happened to you, how much I, how much different this game series felt when I played it from a critical lens versus just oh, yeah. playing to enjoy it.
1: Yeah, I told you that the other day that, you know, playing it, knowing that we're going to review it, I was definitely catching a lot more stuff that I didn't before. So, this will be interesting.
0: And it's been quite a while uh, for me since I played this game, even though I joke I play it once a year. It's been a couple of years, but like you said, once you actually break it down and play it, how much, like, there are some, and I think we were talking off script, there are some chinks in the armor, which I know is going to surprise a lot of people because this is my second favorite game of all time. And I am playing the Sly Collection. I played the HD one, for those of you who, I obviously beat the original PS2, but I played the Sly Collection. I think you did as well, didn't you, Garrett, the HD one on PS3? Yeah. yeah. I started playing on the PS Now, the streaming service, and I was like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> it's because it was like laggy. So when you hit jump, it was a delay. So when you tried to do, you know, like the rock climbing section,
1: oh like, yeah,
0: it wouldn't ever latch to it. And I was like, by that, and I played about half of it on PS Now, and I was like, "Nope." Transfer my save, and I was like, "Okay, I'm playing this on HD Collection on PS, like on the Vita." That was oh, you, I was like, "You
1: finished it. it on the Vita, not the, the full huh? screen."
0: Oh, no, I actually, I went back and forth. So I was like jumping between. I did finish it on the full screen at the end of the day. And then Sly 3, I just did not want to do with the lag, but I also didn't want to play it on Vita. And Sly 3 will be covering. I've started that one as well. I'm playing that on PS3. Like, I don't want lag. (laughs) It is the most frustrating thing. And it sucks because I know Sly Cooper doesn't have lag, the game. It's just the streaming. And it's probably my crappy internet. So for those of you who are playing on PS Now, I highly recommend you hardwire your system, like directly plug it into the router because it is very hard to play a platformer when the buttons don't connect. And it'll give you ill thoughts of a game that doesn't have control problems in the actual games.
1: Right.
0: So I've been brambling, brambling on, rambling on, whatever, long enough. Um, I figured we could start with basically... We got done covering Sly 1. For those of you who are living under a rock, Sly Cooper's family, you know, gets killed. His parents are dead. He avenges them. And Sly 1 is very much the theme of Sly 1 is revenge. Sly 2, to me, is like, I put in my actual review is the perfect uh, video game sequel, I called it. Like, I don't know about you, Garrett, but when I first booted this up again, coming right off Sly 1, I'm like, oh, my God, you could see the difference.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: like i just feel like and i actually can just say my summary review here i was going to save this in the end but i'm going to sound like a nerd and then we can take it from here Uh, i said slide two band of thieves is a perfect video game sequel it improves upon the original in every way without sacrificing what made the series great the expansion on the hub areas and further delving into stealth helped this game carve out its own identity establishing the formula that would be used in future entries with excellent voice acting and well-developed characters, the story is immersive and hits home in all the right places. The villains are memorable without overstaying their welcome, and the main villain even manages to surpass clockwork. Each world is unique and brings something new to the table. The use of clue bottles encourages exploration without being too overwhelming. This, in addition to the missions and overarching villains, make the world structure truly memorable. Some uneven pacing and disappointing missions looking at you, Worlds 3 and 8, can bring down the experience. The bland boss fights and uneven missions are the only chinks in an otherwise masterpiece of gaming history.
1: Well said. Yeah. It, I feel like the beginning part of what you said was spot on. Like it, there's nothing different about, they don't go backwards in any sort of way with Sly two. It's everything Sly one was, but improved, which was I think why slide two originally had the biggest impact on people playing the series.
0: Yes, and I feel like slide two has the best first impression, too. And I think slide two, I'm going to say this right now, doesn't age quite as well. I think it's still going to be one of the best in the series. But knowing what's coming ahead now, once you play slide three and slide on uh, Thieves in Time, those are more slight improvements, but they're still improvements, nevertheless. Whereas slide two feels like such a huge jump, it kind of puts nostalgia on it. Absolutely. Because slide three and slide thieves in time do things better than slide two does, but it does, they're not as significant of jumps as slide two is. Right. Because slide two laid the groundwork. And in my opinion, uh, slide two has, and we can get into it because I haven't played through thieves in time yet. I feel like slide two has the best story of the series mm. from start to finish in terms of laying the groundwork, how it flows from world to world to world. Yeah, it's it's very
1: consistent, and they they have, I feel, I'm not sure if I remember quite well, but Sly 2 definitely has more than one plot twist. Yes. And little surprises that keep it very interesting story-wise compared to, you know, Sly 1, where you know what's kind of coming, you know, at the end of the game, and you know who you're fighting, et cetera, et cetera.
0: So I figured that'd be a good starting point of what improvements have we, because if you don't notice, we're flying by the seat of our pants here, even though we have beaten it recently. It's like, okay, there's so much to cover in this game. It's like, where do you start? Mm -hmm. I think a good place to start would be uh, what the improvements are. Because we just said it improves it in every way. And I have some notes here. What do you feel like is better than like improved from just slide one, not comparing it to the series? Because like we said, we're playing it like, taking each game for what it is individually. Um, For me, the improvements I noted was the new pickpocket and guard takedown feature. Uh, Mission structure around more stealth. Power-ups are purchasable on Thiefnet now rather than being solely through collecting all the clue bottles. You can still collect all the clue bottles to get a power-up, but you're not limited to just that anymore. Um, There's also stealable treasures in the environment. Uh, Improved Murray character. I just said that with a period. And I said to the Murray with all caps, right? Uh, and then each world begins with a recon mission to help set up the stage. And then I put for the final list of improvements the uh, 3 and one missions. So now instead of playing as just Murray in one mission, just Sly in a mission, you now have uh, introduction to missions where you play as all three characters. Because for the first time, Bentley is fully playable now too, which wasn't right. in the first game. Murray right. was, but he was kind of just driving but all three characters of the gang are now playable. And not only are they playable, there's missions where they all interact in the same. You go from one to the other to the other.
1: Right. They all have their, you know, intended purpose on different aspects of what the mission requires, which is nice.
0: Yeah. Is there
1: anything I left out or something that you noticed too? Cause I know, like I said, that was a lot to cover. I probably ran
0: out of fire. No, I
1: think, I'm glad you did take notes because I you I wouldn't have even remembered that you couldn't pickpocket and take down enemies you know stealthily in the first game. So that's definitely a huge um, yep. add-on to slide two. And then my biggest thing that I think is the most noticeable is the way the worlds are set up and how much larger they are, how much more roaming you can do. And yep. just, you know, I think the worlds really did it for me going from slide one to slide two
0: and i think the world what's so good about the worlds is not just because in the first game you had hubs and you go through the warp gate like crash bandicoot style and you'd have a different level that still happens to some extent but there are a lot of missions that take place within the hub and i love that everything is seen it ends up being used like in world two when you see the uh you see a turret an old turret on top of a building you end up using that in a mission you see elephants walking around with headpieces you're going to use that in a mission like everything is by design and purposeful it's not no nothing's wasted i feel like in slide two's worlds
1: right even the guest house in uh yeah two, like that's a whole different side of the map and it could be completely pointless but They have the mission where you're destroying the bridge with Bentley. They have the guest house mission where you're going through every guest room and, you know, searching for apparel to attend, you know, a ball. And it's just, it's interesting how they incorporate all pieces of the world so that the player is actually getting familiar with all parts of it. And that's where the kind of hidden bottles kind of come into play.
0: And I like how they brought the Hidden Battles back because they were in slide 1. I forgot that when I was first replaying through the series. Slide 1 had them, but they were just based individually by level, whereas slide 2 has them scattered throughout the hub world, not in the missions itself. I mean, you could stumble across them in a mission, but like in terms of in the house, like you said, they're not in mission locations. They're just solely in the hub. Right. And they give little hints, like you hear a nice little chink, 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 like, when you're near one. And I don't know about you, Garrett, but I feel like I wasn't trying to 100% this game, uh. but I ended up doing it at least in Slide 2 still. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, except World 8. I'm not going to lie. World 8, I kind of bummed it. Okay. (laughs) World 8, I kind of gunned it.
1: but So, while we're on that topic, let me just say, because I didn't 100% every world, in fact, anytime I saw a bottle, I just ignored it this time because I wanted to make sure I... (laughs) got through the game in time Um, and I think that kind of made the game less fun for me not going for the bottles for the first time because I it's like because of the bottles I wasn't exploring the worlds I wasn't having fun I wasn't sneaking around and pickpocketing guards for money so I could buy all the you know extra add-ons and you know agility pieces and components from the thief net and I think this was probably my least favorite time playing slide two, because I probably just rushed it too much.
0: Which is interesting. Cause that's a good point for new players of the series. Should they just gun it? I think the game does a good job of encouraging you to want to collect the bottles. Cause I feel like I was going to say, it's like, I feel like just roaming randomly, you don't even have to spend much time collecting them. I feel like I got like permission, even when I wasn't trying to collect them like 18 to 20 bottles without Mm -hmm. and i think there's like 30 to 32 in each mission or each world i mean and i felt like i got like two-thirds of them without even trying to look for them right because the worlds are relatively smaller they're massive compared to Sly one but they're also still confined in a way of and it's interesting that you say that do the like i feel like the clue bottles encourage exploration like i said in my review paragraph there but they get the nail on the head good. It makes you interact with the world more to have more memorable experiences to where you memorize the map.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I had never realized that either until now. And I, I don't feel bad knowing that it made the gameplay less fun and, you know, nostalgic, but um, because I've obviously played the game enough times to know that it's a great game, but playing it without the bottles and without exploring the worlds and, pickpocketing for fun just because i wanted to buy the extra power-ups and stuff for the characters you know it definitely takes away from the overall experience so cheers to naughty dog and um not naughty dog sucker punch
0: Punch. it's because they're
1: all sucker punch and naughty dog the great trio of yeah for finding for finding um non- you know, apparent ways to make the worlds more interesting and to experience it better.
0: It's definitely a sucker punch thing because they are masters of this craft. And I mean, masters of it. I thought Insomniac's pretty good at it. Like the recent Spider-Man game encourages you to do this. But I went back and I looked, you know what games I platinumed almost all of them, Garrett? And that is sucker punch games. Yeah. like It is a thing like Infamous encourages you to 100% it. Like I just played Ghost of Tsushima last year. Right, which I keep saying, when you get a PS5, you got to, or even a PS4, PS5, whatever, you got to play that game because that is like, it made me, I hundred percent of that game and platinumed it, and I hadn't platinumed a game in like four years. Like Mm -hmm. Sucker Punch has that draw to them of they're excellent at crafting a world that makes you want to get every nook and cranny without forcing it your throat or feeling like a grind.
1: Right. Yeah, because I think a lot of the times in other series and games, you know the collectibles and stuff like that tend to be overwhelming because, you know, there's so many of them. They're usually, there's obviously like five to 10 that are feel impossible to find. And um, I think sucker punch went about a good way of, you know, making it not too difficult, but enjoyable because the worlds were so nicely developed and they had clues with the bottles kind of ringing when you walked by too close and, Yep. So, I and I think
0: well done. I think the power ups you get from them add to the game experience as well. Like, you get the combat dodge, you get or combat uh, the jump, whatever the spinning move that he does with his cane. You get the uh, lightning cane, which is awesome because it kills every enemy in one hit, which is good right. when you're combined. Like, you get really good items from that. And, like you said, the game has some good power ups too. Like, for Murray, like the adrenaline rush or the uh, flame fist for Murray. Like, there's really good pops that make the game easier for you. And I recommend the people, I found this out the, not the hard way, but I grinded the first two worlds to try to get enough coins a little bit. Like, uh, I got to get this power up because there's some missions that are locked off by power ups. Like, you need to purchase them, like the Which alarm or the paraglider. Or...
1: Yeah, I didn't know that until this time because I was literally going through probably world four to five with just my, my smoke bomb, and (laughs) my stealth shoes. And all of a sudden it was like, you're going to need to buy an alarm clock for, you know, this next mission. I was like, okay, where do I get the alarm clock? And I was so confused because I've never had that prompt. And so I'm like looking around the world and like, okay, where am I supposed to buy this? I don't remember having to do this. And then it hit me that like, oh, I got to go buy it on the thief net.
0: And yeah, because you were 100% in the game before you never really noticed it because you already had it and you can change it to people. You can't carry all the pops at the same time. You have to pick three at any moment in time and cycle through them and you can do it on the fly, which is pretty nice. Um, Or you just hit select on the PlayStation controller and do it that way. But um, I think you're right with that type of stuff. And I think that's what makes it so encouraging. But my helpful tip to people is if you want to collect a lot of loot really quick, just steal the treasures. Just steal oh, yeah. the treasures and haul ass back to the base because when you do that, you get like you can get like three to five hundred coins a pop instead of getting mm-hmm. like fifty from like <laughs> the, the silver rings and shit. Yeah. Like that's the way to build up cash quick, and the game encourages it because they flash gold when you walk by. I'm like, it's well worth it, and it's so much better than having the grind. Something that freaking Sly Three makes you do, which is, Ugh. yeah, but Sly Three is you got to grind your ass sinking a hundred pirate chips. <laughs> you know but so back to slide 2 i think that's the main focus like you said it i think that's the main improvement that we ended up touching on flowing naturally by design of course even though we're kind of winging it is the world i feel like to me that's the biggest change that's worth focusing on and to give people a quick recap because we can go into other features of the game too now is the story starts off right after... Well, not right after. How long has passed, Garrett? It's like, what, a, a year, a couple of years?
1: Yeah. On Sly one? Uh, probably a couple.
0: I think it's a couple, right? Yeah, because the gang defeats Clockwork. Sly fights him in a pit of lava. Somehow lava isn't enough to melt the Clockwork parts. <laughs> and they are gathered and stored in a museum. Sly and gang wants to break into said museum and steal them so nobody can acquire them out of fear of Clockwork being reassembled. He gets there, realizes they've already been stolen by a gang called the Claw Gang, and they're each being used to their own ends. So Sly has to pay a visit, basically, to each and every one of them to try to gather the Clockwork parts and destroy them for good this time so Clockwork can never come back. So that's, like, the setup to the story. um, And the setup to... So the structure is very similar to Sly 1. That's one similarity I've noticed to Sly 1 is you are going... There is a gang... Just like in the first game, it was the fiendish five. This one is the Claw Gang. They each have their members. You're visiting each member to get a part, but instead of getting a page of the Thievius Raccoonish, you're going to get a piece of clockwork.
1: Mm-hmm. So the and structure. I think, of I, I, think I like the structure of having the bosses kind of as a team because it you see the connection between each of them, and then obviously yeah. they tie in with one another throughout they, the, the different worlds.
0: They each have a role versus Sly One, which was they off they disbanded. They came together to kill Sly's parents, and then they went their own way. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Whereas Sly Two is much more. You're absolutely right. They are still a fully functional gang, and they each do their own unique work, like roles, like their spice operation. Which let's be honest, is the E for Everyone version of drugs. (laughs) 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 Like let's be honest, you know. It's like the, in slide three, the lemonade chugging. Let's be honest. It's beer chugging and they wanted to make it for everyone. (laughs) So it's um, the spice operation, but it's cool how they each have their own methods to it. And there's two good things that we can get into this. And later on in the review there, I just love the flow of this because they each have their role. And then you see, there's a master plan on top of that. Right. And it's very well thought out that I didn't even think of. I didn't even honestly catch it my first time playing through the game. I caught the first one of like what each role meant to be, but the master quote unquote plan reveal at the end of the game, I'm like, Oh shit, I didn't even pick this up. Like it's really freaking clever. Right. But so I think we're coming right up on our first break. So I was going to leave it to you, Garrett. If you wanted to continue along the story path, we can cover this multiple ways. We can cover this fast. It's, I think it's best because I almost did this as a two-part review. Because I feel like when we do reviews or when other people review Fly Two, they just kind of gloss over all the worlds and cover like their favorite world or favorite boss. I feel like when that happens, bosses like Rajon completely get swept under the rug, and I feel like areas like the One contested world gets swept under the rug because the focus is all on the beginning, the end, and then the uh, Jean Bizan world right in like World Seven, yeah, World Six. So I was saying we could go world to world and give a quick summation if you want, or we can go on, you know, ranking the worlds or bosses or what we liked and
1: didn't like. I think we could do, we'll probably get sidetracked, but let's do a quick um, synopsis of what we liked and disliked about each one.
0: Each world. Yeah. And I have my notes, of course. (laughs) I put notes for each world. To me, it's easier to do that. So I don't It actually keeps me from getting sidetracked as much. Right. versus because I feel like if we try to tackle because this is a meaty game this is a 14 to 15 hour game I did time myself this time and took me about 14 to 15 hours to beat it okay whereas slide one took me like six (laughs) (laughs) so it's a much beefier game and slide three I logged my I haven't compiled my time yet I think that one took me 10 so yeah much much shorter yeah slide two is a beefy game but so, yeah, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get into the world synopsis and all that fun stuff. Since we're starting with World One, Garrett, I figured we would start with Sly One Music. <laughs> or not Sly One Music, Dimitri's opening world music. Not the net.
1: Mu- their music
0: is so good. Uh, all the games, really, to be honest with you. All of them are good. Thieves in Time is good. Th- Honor Monk, Like, they're composed, It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And I, I could listen to the soundtrack and get goosebumps. There's a full soundtrack <laughs> that I'm listening to right, looking at right now. And I'm like, I would listen probably to this whole
1: soundtrack in the background. It's the flutes for me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm, Just assume,
1: I'm assuming that's what that is. Yes. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um
0: No, it's funny. I told you the story already. Like my dog, when he hears the the jingle, because I say I, one of the songs I sing to him, I, I didn't even realize is the jingle from Sly Cooper. So every time I beat a mission, it's that jingle, the den den den
1: So yeah, he hears
0: that music, his ears perk up.
1: <laughs>
0: so he's like, "Who?" I'm like, "Yeah," I un- unknowingly put Sly into his life <laughs> without even realizing it, but. So, when we left off, we covered the initial how the story starts off. We covered with the improvements upon the first game, gave a quick summation of overall how we what we liked about slide two mostly positive stuff. Um, now, I think it'd be a good time of going by world by world to do a quick synopsis of what we like, what we don't like. Cause I think that's the best way to break Sly Cooper games down is the world by world because the game, especially slide two, is so massive, it's easy to get sidetracked. And I want to make sure we cover as much as we can of this game without leaving somebody out. Um, so I figured we start with World One Dimitri, which is in Paris. Uh, right off the bat, the first intro to the big hub world. Uh, what were your thoughts uh on that one? That's actually the one I have the least amount of notes on too of my thing.
1: I wanna I wanna say it's this is it the smallest world?
0: I feel like it is.
1: Yeah, something about it, um, playing it over and over again, it feels to get like it gets smaller and smaller each time. I think it's an appropriate first world, and I think they did a good job at making that the first world. Um, it's very Sly Cooper-esque, for sure. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like some of the other worlds, there's a little bit more platforming opportunities in terms of climbing jumping um and stuff like that where in paris you're really it's just kind of got a small cityscape so for me you know i'm not saying it's a bad world but it's probably not my favorite that's for sure
0: it hasn't aged as well because if you remember when we did our sly series overview i had it as one of my favorites i don't think it was my top two but i think it was my third favorite and i regret that decision <laughs> yeah <laughs> because I remember it, ha- it hasn't aged as well to me
1: yeah, it's still a great world, and I yes. think it's perfect for the intro to the game, but the, the levels or the worlds definitely develop um, as your capabilities kind of grow through the thief net. So I think that kind of you know makes the other worlds feel a little bit more uh, intense, I guess.
0: I think you hit the nail on the head, though. I think it's because they didn't want to overwhelm people, because this is their first crack at the hub world. Right, and They don't want to overwhelm somebody and they do definitely get much bigger, but it's right now they wanted to not, and it's still a lot going on in it. You still get the missions in the, the levels, but like, particularly there's so much that happens right off the bat. Like you get the recon missions, which become a staple of this, this game anyway, where every mission starts with a recon, um, to set up for the mission The mission has three stages We also are introduced to a new character besides Carmelita for once, uh, Constable Neela, who is also part of Interpol. And I like that they did that because, I mean, if Sly Cooper, they're a famous gang, right? And they're hunted by Interpol, but all we ever see is one cop. So it's interesting to see that they delve into Interpol like, no, no, no. It's not just Carmelita hunting him. It is a whole group. It's just Sly allows Carmelita to follow him the most because he has the hots for her, obviously. Yeah, but
1: and I, I'm, I'll, I'll jump really quick, but I feel like this, just, this is coming to my head after just beating it today, but I feel like Dimitri's boss fight, the world may not be my favorite, but I think in terms of boss fights, it's definitely probably one of my favorites. Some of the boss fights oh, wow. later on...
0: No. Yeah,
1: just because later on, some of the boss fights are just very frustrating and annoying. You're crammed for space. You are being attacked with stupid spiders that blow up and it's just like <laughs> i don't know something about Demetrius boss fight you have you still have to like figure out the you know the kinks and like how you're going to take him down but it's not as frustrating as some of the other ones so i i enjoyed Demetrius boss fight yeah. I, I don't know if it's my favorite but i don't think it's the worst
0: there's definitely yeah. worse boss fights for sure Absolutely. Uh, and when we stumble across the ones I like a lot, I'll touch on them. But I agree. As an overall whole, Sly's boss fights are disappointing. They don't age as well as I'd like. It's probably because <laughs> the villains are so good in this, though. Like, Dimitri is a great villain for his world. Like, the world mm-hmm. fits him of the nightclub, the failed artist. It has the vibe of what Sly 1 was, and they continue that, but expand upon it. Like, even though, like you said, like, I love that they're using the clockwork tail feathers to print money. Or Forge Money, I should say. And mm-hmm. you get your first interaction of this. Like I said, you get a Neela Chase segment. It's kind of like the game teaching you how to play it. Like you said, in a small area. There's a Neela Chase scene. Uh, most of them, and this is the first time you get an interaction with Bentley. The demolition guy where you learn how to throw bombs. I feel like the missions, Garrett, in this are very simple and straightforward. There's nothing really memorable mission-wise except for the final mission, which leads yes. to the boss fight. Yep which is the three and one for those of you who don't know it's all the missions are pretty bland they're very short too if you notice like one is follow dimitri okay one is get the code okay one is go through and blow up the disco ball to crash it's very short like five ten minute missions but then the final mission is really good because it's what i was talking about earlier the three and one where you got to steal a tow truck you know jacket you gotta pull the, the thing down so Sly can get into the casino from the top and fight Dimitri. Like that was like really good. That's the memorable mission in the level. But all the other level missions are kind of like,
1: agreed, yeah.
0: They're kind of like meh to me anyway. They're good introductory missions, but they feel like introductory missions. Mm-hmm. They're very basic, and it's probably because now that we're going back and playing the Sly Cooper series we know what we're doing already. Whereas when maybe when we first played it, it felt more like I can definitely tell it, it felt a lot better when I first played it versus now. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. So that's all I had for world one. Really? I don't know if you had anything to add for that. No, I think that was pretty much it. And the introduction of pickpockets and all that stuff. But like I said, I didn't have too much on slide world one because I feel like that's also one of the shorter worlds. Um slide 1 took me well, it took me an hour and a half but that's because I got the clue bottles in that one. It would have taken me only like an hour if I didn't. Right. Uh, so on to world 2. These are your, this is your turf now, Gary. You're the one who always feels like uh, Rashawn gets shit on. He doesn't <laughs> get enough like moment in the sun because these kind of bleed into each other, worlds 2 and 3. Because this is the first time in the Sly Cooper series that we have a boss that has two worlds. Yes. At this point in the series, it's never happened before.
1: In which you don't know, obviously, until you get to the next world. And you're like, oh, okay. Yes. So we'll start with Slide World 2. Um, you
0: can go first this time, because I've been blabbing. And I can add on to it of what your thoughts are. Is this your favorite one, or is
1: it World 3? So in the previous podcast, this... And in, just in general, this has always world two has always been my favorite i like the aesthetic of it it's in part a part of india correct yeah yes so i like the the shape of the buildings it's just got a really nice appeal um there's the world is split up by a bridge so there's different you know parts to explore which is keeps it really interesting and let's see what else the hideout is really kind of tucked away from everything else, which I feel like I like compared to some of the other worlds. Sometimes the hideout is much closer to, you know, enemies and a lot a lot of stuff going on. So you feel like you can't truly just run away and, you know, get back to the hideout so easily. But this one was very easy to get to the hideout. And I thought that was nice. Let's see. I will say, and like I said, I, I hate that I rushed it although it's made things much more obvious to me, but the world is definitely still small compared to worlds further on in the game. So I noticed that it was a lot smaller than I remember because I wasn't taking the time to explore and go find the bottles and have little experiences with, you know, stealing from guards. Yep. And, if I'll just touch on all of it. So <laughs> You're, I'm so not gonna interrupt you. On this. I I told you this the other week when we were still playing, but like I never realized world two does not have a boss fight. And it yep. is the only world in the whole game that does not have a boss fight. And that kind of threw me for a loop once it hit me. I was like, Wait, we're going on to world three? What where's where's the boss fight? And so I would say I wonder why Sucker Punch did that. Maybe they just didn't feel it was necessary. But looking at all the worlds, knowing every world has a boss fight, it's kind of like the odd one out, and it doesn't really make sense not to. So that it's kind definitely. Of like they wanted
0: to, I think I think the reason they did it, I wouldn't say time, because this game had a two-year development cycle, which was long for a PS2 game, um, which is about the going rate right slash long, plenty long enough. It wasn't a one-year cycle like Sly Three was, which showed that they were rushing parts of it. Um, mm-hmm. I would say they did it because they wanted to show what happens when a mission went perfectly smoothly. Because when you think of it,
1: almost oh, every
0: slide point. mission and every slide game, something goes wrong and they have to go on the fly. Right. That's a, that's a really good point. Well, so they wanted to show what happens when they all hit it right on the money. And I think it sets up for slide three or not slide three, Jesus, uh, world three, when things don't go well at the end. That's why I think they purposely want to build up your confidence just to hit yeah. you with a shocker in world
1: three. Now, this conversation, like things that you've mentioned about slide, the world one are making me realize things that I also didn't think before during the podcast. But um, I will say world two, and maybe it's because it has been my favorite for so long, definitely has a very, very diverse um, set of missions and they're all yep. very memorable. So you're dancing at the ball, you're looking for clothes through a guest house you're jumping on top of elephants and you're um, destroying br- bridges you're using the turret to you know take down stuff like now that i think about it world two definitely has a very diverse set of missions compared to all of the worlds in slide Two. so i think that definitely makes up for it the introduction of the rc copter yeah it's yep. The introduction for
0: Bentley's mission as uh this is the first time you ever get to play as it because Bentley in the past even in slide one was only a hacking mini game, yeah. so and in the first world you use his demolition skills and that's enhanced in the second world but you get to realize that Bentley's going to be doing more than just demolition he's also the copter the RC specialist at least in this game he is.
1: Yeah. Uh, so that I feel like that definitely makes that world. You know, makes up for not having a boss fight because the missions are so diverse and memorable, and it it really touches on every type of mission that the game kind of implements into. You know, I think you've gameplay. actually convinced
0: me too. By the way, I know you said you come down on it a little bit because the lack of a boss fight disappointed you, which I agree. It is disappointing because I they have not aged well. Button quick time events have not aged well. Like I'm sorry, I don't want to sit there and hit a button <laughs> while Sly's doing the tango. You know what I mean with Carmelita? Because if you don't even get the chance to pay attention to the background, the Murray cutting the wings off and pulling them up because you're so focused on hitting all the button prompts. Right. You know, to see what's going on. Um, But I had the same note as you, that Carmelita mission at the end instead of a true boss fight, which I, like you said, was the first in the series. Um, One of the things I have in this too is you touched on the missions, which this is the first time you've really got a diverse level of missions in the Sly series um in the world even though this world is still small one it's larger than one and to me it's more memorable than the first one too i actually like Mm -hmm. this world more than the first one now too so i've been coming around on it it's not my favorite still i know which one's my favorite when we hit to it i'll touch on it okay Um, but world two definitely expanded upon it i do like the um what was I thinking? There was something else of world two that really stood out. I like the story implications to this one because in this world you see the full Claw Gang,
1: mm-hmm.
0: with the exception of Demetrius in jail. But yeah, it's a good introduction to the
1: to all four or five of them
0: when they're in the palace. And I love the implication of it ties in, like. For those who don't know, you're trying to steal a tux to get in to dance with Carmelita to distract, because that's the master plan of he has a clockwork wings, which he uses to display his greatness, Rajan does. Because he grew up in a poor background, he's trying to over-exemplify himself to show that he belongs. And he is like the main spice producer. Dimitri for his money for the unit to use it, and in Rajan's world, he distributes the spice. This one is not so much about distributing this one, he just has the wings for show. And Sly and company are going to distract the audience while Murray cuts and lifts the wings out of the palace. Um, and you realize Neela, Sly first dances halfway through the world with Neela and she even says, are you using me to get old Ironsides? And he says, yep, do you mind? And she's like, nope, not at all. I'd love making Carmelita jealous. And then you realize, okay, that happens and that's the end of World 2 as they do successfully distract Carmelita all the cops and everyone and they get away with the wings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, there's a point to that and when we get to World 3 I'll touch on it of why that is but I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add to World 2
1: no I think that was pretty good
0: and I would touch on Rajan but I'm saving Rajan for World 3 more so because obviously he's you fight Rajan in World 3 Yeah. because Rajan isn't really covered as much to me World 2 feels like the entire claw game more so the introduction of the Claw Gang and stealing the wings and showing, and I like you said, it, it gives this example, like this thing of what happens when the clock, uh, the Cooper Gang's at its highest. Like okay, everything went off without a hitch. So right. with that being said, we now transition to World Three. Rajan goes into hiding because the cops bust everybody. Once Sly gets the wings out, so
1: Rajan goes into hiding further into the temple where his. Can Slide- we can we pause for one second? I feel yeah. like with what you just said like world two is the introduction to the claw gang and maybe that's why dimitri feels so under the radar because he's not there and like there's this huge introduction to all of them but dimitri has already happened yep
0: oh that's a great point because he does get swept under the rug And, and dimitri is a great villain i laugh at his humor i think he's a funny character You know, but I think he is swept under the rug because you see all the clogging interacting with each other too. And this is throughout the entire game too. But Dimitri's the only one who doesn't. He feels like the loner. And I've never realized that that. And at first, I thought that was just like bad design. I'm like, ugh, why did they do this? But then you realize there's a method to it, at least in later games in the series. Like, no, we want to separate Dimitri from the pack. Right. All right. So, world three. Sorry. No, no, you're good. That's a good point. We'll tie back to that whenever we do slide three. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh world three is pretty. You know, Rajan is in hiding. I love the setup of this one. Of you have to now get Rajan out. Most of the bosses are kind of laxadaisical. You know what I mean, moseying around doing their business. Rajan's on the defensive in this one. He knows you're coming after him. Mm-hmm. He's hiding from both you, the Cooper gang, and Interpol because he's in hiding. So I love that in World 3, it's not, well, you know, you got to go sweep it right out from under his nose. No, you are not going to get because he now has a clockwork heart, which powers his spice operation for the whole crew. Right. And he's so paranoid, he takes half of the heart and puts it on his staff and carries it with him at all times. So I love in slot in this world. It's like no, we're gonna have all the missions revolve around. We're gonna have to get Rajan's ass out of that. He's hi- out of hiding, and it's it's more realistic that way. If, if somebody stole your part, like one of your treasured items, you would go into reclusion, or a right. mission like and hide. And I think that's more realistic than just letting, you know nonchalantly wa- bolting
1: around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a off. good it's a good <laughs> continuation of world two because. You know, we t- Sly and the gang took took out his, you know, s- city, basically.
0: And this is the first time we get a boss over two worlds, and I don't feel- think it feels dragged. No, I think not it's at all. natural progression. Like, you learned more about the Claw gang in World 2 and Interpol because they show Neela, the Contessa, and uh, Carmelita all in the same room, too. And then World 3 is, okay, we're going to give some love to Rajan now. We're going to develop Rajan. Mm-hmm. and I like the missions in this I don't like this world as much as 2 probably really? because I don't like the design as much it's very jungle book like versus world <laughs> 2 which is like much more I like the palaces I like the thing where this is all just jungle fever mm-hmm. you know and I'm not as big of a fan and I hate absolutely I hate trying to
1: get up on the top of those freaking trees oh yeah so yeah, that's so shocking to me, because I always thought you loved World 3. <laughs> <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> I like the story implications of World 3 a lot.
0: It's specifically the ending.
1: Mm-hmm. I love
0: World 3's ending, but I don't like World 3's missions. I don't like the missions. I don't like the level design as much. It's big. It's a big open mission. I just It's hard to maneuver for a game that's focused so much on maneuverability and axis of climbing. It's very hard to climb in this game, in this world. I mean, not in this game.
1: I never thought I would hear so much critical or criticism come Mm -hmm. out of your mouth on (laughs) slide (laughs) two. This is like my jaw is dropped. I'm still gonna give it like a nine and a half out of a ten, but it's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, slide or world three has never been you know my favorite but i will say every time i get to world three i get very excited to play because it's much larger than world one and two Yeah. there's much more platforming aspects like you said you're climbing trees there's the wobbly temple that you can climb up and you can get away from enemies a lot easier in this world just by simply running because it's there's so much room to you know to yeah, run.
0: very forgiving in this one. Yes.
1: So I like that aspect of it. Um, someone's pulling in my driveway, so the dog may mm-hmm. bark. Um, mm-hmm. But I somewhat agree about the missions. Obviously, there's another Neela chase, which is kind of fun. But aside yep. from that, yeah, some of the missions just, you know, they're not they're not amazing, but compared mean the Cherry
0: Bomb 5000? Whatever the...
1: I don't like those missions, and World 8
0: really kicks me in the nuts with it of the... When you have to tiptoe a fucking TNT crate all the way across the world. Yeah, God, it's annoying as shit. And this world does that, and World 8 also does that. Or the water bug. Like... It's not bad. It it stresses. I know why they did it, because it wants you to be stealthy, but at the same time, have a sense of urge, like an urgency, I mean, because, yeah. you know, the bug, If you for those who don't know, it's you got to get the bug. You got to keep them wet in pools, like little put, like little bird baths. And when the if you go too long without the bird, the bug starts to chirp or like let out a little sound wave, which alerts all the guards to you. So right. you got to, like, bounce between puddles and plan your attack. And I know why they do it is so you don't just stealth the whole game. The game's like, no, 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 you got to hoof it, but cautiously hoof it so you don't alert the whole, like, world.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I know why they did it. The hidden safe move on the bright side is a really good move. This is the one where you get the voltage attack. Right. With the, uh, with the cane, which is one of the best in the game, in my opinion.
1: Which I obviously Uh, didn't buy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But I would say this world in my opinion is the hardest to get all the bottles besides World Eight too.
1: I agree.
0: I would say World Eight's the hardest one to get besides it. But
1: Yeah, because there's so many nooks and crannies and you know, places to climb and It's definitely got its nooks and crannies. And, you know, it's like you said, it's like Jungle Book. So there's a lot of dark spots, too. There's one under you have to go through the river on spiked sticks. And then it's tucked in behind some sort of, you know, caged building, which that one was always very hard for me to find.
0: Yes. Um, I think for World 3, because we're right wrapping up before we need to take another break. I think we can cover, I think, the ending, and I we got about five minutes, of course, so if we don't, we'll cut ourselves off. Actually, we should probably cut ourselves off here, because the ending is really, I might go on a long spiel. On the boss fight? Yeah, on the boss okay. fight slash the ending, because I okay. see we got about five minutes, and this might, I could, co- I think I can cover this in five minutes, but I'm not also sure, <laughs> and I don't okay. want to get to the point where this, because there is a twist here in World 3, like you said, there's two big plot twists. This is one of the plot twists. Yes. So when we come back from break, we'll do we'll cover what that plot twist was, which leads directly into World 4. So we'll be back in a second. Try to memorize
1: the steps. Now your turn.
0: I didn't expect Neela to talk there, obviously, but that was the sly Neela dance. <laughs> was really awkward people are like what in the hell <laughs> what german are we're listening to or what like no <laughs> it was uh, it was still good <laughs> but so speaking of that of nila we get to the boss fight and i don't even have to say spoiler because this is like a 15 year old game and we're doing an in-depth review if you haven't played it by now you know you've had your chance <laughs> but So I like the ending of this game so much because, one, the boss fight with Rajan is really good. But in addition, Sly is chasing Neela, and they're trying to get to – they'd get the Clockwork Heart out of the spice operation, but they're also trying to get the other half of the heart. And Neela betrays Sly, allowing him to get Thunder uh, Shocked, basically, zapped out of it. She distracts him while uh, Rajan shocks him. And Bentley's off in the corner, you know, trying to throw a ladder down or something. But Murray has to fight Rajon one-on-one in a fight in the little puddle right below the, the bridge. Mm-hmm. And I really like this boss fight a lot. Um, it was pattern of memorization. He does do the infinite trope of calling in his buddies to help. But he does fry his own buddies with his electrical attack. So that's what you can do. I just use the flaming fist. Killed them in one hit, and then I just waited. If there was a whole herd of them, I just waited for Rajan to wipe him out with his like thunder attack that like electrocutes the ground. Yeah. So, but I liked this boss fight. A lot. I liked it. I liked it more than the lack of a boss fight in two. And I liked it honestly. I liked it more than Dimitri. But that might be because it was a more formulaic boss fight for me. But I understand for people who like Dimitri's too, because that was an interesting one as well. But yeah, like the context of it of Murray what this game does a great job of giving each character their time in the sun. This is Murray's time in the sun.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think it's nice that they allow, you know, the boss fights to be played by other characters or fought against with other characters. And I think, um, it's, it's very similar to Dimitri, but it's a step up because it obviously has his little minions kind of coming into play. um, yep yeah i liked i liked rajan's boss fight quite a bit too i'd say it's definitely up there i think um the i think it was the arena feel for me that was the only part that kind of throws me off it feels very like like closed pool it's like being thrown an in-ground pool without water yeah it feels like you're in like a you know like a boxing match type deal um Mm -hmm. And then, of course, like I'm a designer, so I'm like paying attention to the scenery and <laughs> you're walking on top of lily pads, but you're also walking on top of the waters, which doesn't make sense.
0: But...
1: <laughs> it's shallow enough for you to walk in and not come up to your ankles, but it's
0: deep enough to hold lily pads. Yeah, I like, guess. Yeah. No. Yeah. And it doesn't quite work that way that, oh, if I double jump, the lightning won't zap me. even right. though I'm wet. Like, no, it's going to follow right up and zap you right in the ass. But I'll suspend my disbelief for the sake of it's a fun boss fight.
1: Yes, it was.
0: So for story standpoint, I'll let you do the one. So Neela betrays Sly, but that's not the real plot twist that you're referring to. So for those of you who are paying attention, Garrett said in the beginning of this review that there's really two main plot twists. The one we haven't covered yet at the end of the game, but there's one right at the end of this chapter. And what did you think of that? To me, that hit harder this time, actually, than it did the first... When I first played it, it hit hard, too. But, like, it still hits just as
1: hard. You're talking about um, Neela kind of throwing Carmelita under the bus? Yes. Yeah, it's it's the first, like, surprise that kind of catches you off guard because in the series, there has... At this point in the series, there hasn't been too many of those kind of plot twists. So, like, when you see that unfold for the first time. And especially to a main character who, you know, even though Carmelita is always against the gang, care about her, you feel for her, you know, biggest crush. And so to see her get kind of tossed under is like, oh no, like she's one of us. Like we got to, you know, we can't let this happen type deal. So yeah, it's really shocking.
0: And I love that this ties back to world two of, Neela, this is why she allowed you to dance with Carmelita. She played you instead of you playing her. Right. Neela wanted you to dance with Carmelita because she knew she could get the pictures then. She was losing the battle to win the war. And when she first betrays you, you think, well, she is a cop like Carmelita. She wants to arrest you. Mm -hmm. But then when she throws Carmelita under the bus, you're like, okay, is this really... At first you think she's like a goody two-shoes cop and she's just trying to promote herself. You know, which is common in a lot of workplaces if you push somebody else under the bus to get yourself higher. But there's more sinister things than that, and we can get into it as the episodes go on. But, yeah, so I think that's a good twist. So basically, not only that, but even though Rajan is defeated and Murray gets the other half of the clockwork heart, the heart is all kept, the Murray and Sly are taken to jail and captured by the Contessa. Yes. So and I think that was a twist in itself. I think that's why slide the world two goes so well, just to set you up for this disaster in World Three where things don't go well. Right.
1: And it's just old
0: Bentley by himself, wobbling need Bentley having to cut himself through the woods. And I love that scene. It hits home of Bentley's rescue/slash isolation mm-hmm. because he was the only one back there. So he gets spared and they were after mostly Cooper anyway, but they take Murray in too of him saying, this is the first time he was alone. Right. And this is kind of a theme I've noticed Garrett throughout before we get into world four, because this is a seamless transition to world four of Bentley tracking him, de- tracking the contestant down. Cause she's the next villain to world four to the prison where Sly and Murray are being held captive.
1: Yeah. He had yeah. to do it, you know, all on his own, which hasn't happened in the game before.
0: Yeah, no, and Murray got his time to shine by beating Rajon. But I feel like in this game, especially, this is really a uh, not like focus wise, but Bentley gets a lot of love in this game in a good way. I mean, like Bentley shows that he he proves himself in this game. Like this game gives a lot of development to Bentley. Yeah, and not just in World Three, but throughout the game in general. I notice a trend of like, wow, here's Bentley coming through. Wow, it's Bentley coming through oh, wow, they'd be lost without Bentley here. And it's like, it shows that, no, no, no. Yes, yeah, so the gang is named after the Cooper gang. But I feel like this is the theme throughout slide two and into slide three that Bentley is really like, without Bentley, they'd be lost.
1: Oh, easily. Yeah.
0: Bentley's the driving force. No offense, Murray. Sorry, but you suck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the Murray character. I'm not going to hide it. <laughs> I know. I've not, Like I said, these podcasts are pulling out a side of you that i've never
0: seen It's because the murray is good he's a good character but he's one noted and he's simple to me where bentley yeah he's got more intricate missions and he's not as fun to play as just smash stuff like murray but he's got so much more depth to his character than uh murray does mm-hmm. except the ending of slide two which shows murray that, that we'll get to that when we get to it i don't want to sidetrack myself but right. um but anyway, I feel like this is a seamless transition in the world four. This is what I talked about with slide two of world one to two it's pretty basic setup of, Oh, they have the clockwork, blah, blah, blah. And then world two to three is, Oh, okay. You're just, tra- you're just tracking Rajan. Yes. He has the other clockwork part, but it's not, it's a more seamless transition. And this one it's like, yeah, the Contessa has a clockwork part as well, but you know, you're chasing the contestant because the mission here isn't to get a clockwork part in world Four. your mission is to get sly and murray out of jail right there's no clockwork part in need in this world it is literally you have to get sly and murray out of jail Mm -hmm. so and i love the intro of world four and or not world yeah world four so I like yeah. what I like about this a lot is the beginning of this because you play right as Bentley for the first like most of this world you play as just Bentley, mm-hmm. or at least the yeah, first at least the first part. And I feel like I missed playing a slot <laughs> by the time I'm like, oh, Mer- Bentley can't jump because Bentley he's got little stubby legs, and oh, the train keeps hitting me as I'm trying to track it. Yeah, but world four i liked a lot when i first played it and i love the the enemy design how it's very gothic with the wolves the bat the vultures the guards fit it this the is the first yes the gargoyles that break out and scare the shit out of me when i first played the game as a kid so they appear statues and they break out and attack you and you trigger an alarm um I do like the, this is the first appearance of the hacking minigame in this game. I mean, it was in Sly 1, obviously, but this is the first time for hacking. Um, I like that you do have to break Sly out first, and then you later break Murray out. There's the infamous giant attack robot mission, which you're saying is a water tower. Mm-hmm. Like, the dialogue there is very well written. However, I will say this, though. I love the concept of this world, Garrett. I like the world design itself.
1: But I I don't, huh? I wonder if you're about to say the same thing that I've been waiting to say. So I do not like the missions in this
0: game and this um, world and this game. I do not like the world, the missions in the world four.
1: Okay. So for me, playing through this time, once I got to this world, I I forgot how much I liked the world. Um, Yeah. And then obviously, as you go on to world five, I'll just, very quickly say i feel like i it gets even better but mm-hmm. i got so mm-hmm. frustrated with world four <laughs> in the fact that it's got a great platforming setup um yep. equally as good as or yeah equally maybe and eh, not just as good as world three in my opinion but you get so for those of you that haven't played, the the world has a small little cityscape and a mini castle-type home for the Contessa that's basically around the perimeter of the prison. And yes. the prison has probably 20, 30-foot walls that you can't get over and are very hard to... Like, there's only one or two entry points into the prison, and the prison is, like, a good portion of the world probably at least half if not more and so playing through this time and maybe it's because I didn't you know buy any of the extra you know power-ups for Sly and the other characters but I would get so frustrated when I had to go into the prison and then like oh I gotta find my way out and and every time I knew I had to leave rather than finding an alternative exit I would just go back to where Sly first breaks out you have to jump onto the hook and then
0: that's what i would do every time to get in and out it is a pain in the ass to get into the yeah
1: there's only one there's only well technically there's two there's
0: two because you got to climb one if sly you can get one ball space under it but they
1: make it very uh, limited in terms of getting out of there and yes so in my opinion now playing it world four is really not my favorite by any means
0: I like the, yeah, and I like the design. Up until this point, World 4 is my favorite design-wise in terms of, like, aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Like, the guards and stuff. But, man, I, I hate the mission. That bridge mission sucks. I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> like, when you play a Sly and you pose as a statue. I thought that one was interesting. Who's going to believe Sly pretending to be a statue? And it was, like while bentley just runs it goes on way too long where it's you fight and then bentley scrambles over to the other side and he scrambles over to the other side and this goes on for like 10 15 minutes
1: yeah see that was definitely like if i'm thinking about all the missions in that world that was one of my most memorable ones because you don't do that in any other that is true
0: that is a good point yes i think it's memorable for the wrong reason but (laughs) 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 but and that's only because world five is like To me, it's because, like you said with the missions, World 2, I think, had better missions. That's why. In World 5, the next one really takes the cake, I think. And to be honest, the end of this world, the boss fight kind of sucks. I love the Contessa as a villain.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I just don't like her as a boss, where you gotta chase her as the Murray, and you gotta kill all the little spiders and just keep chasing her.
1: The spiders are beyond frustrating, and that was by far my least favorite part of um, World 5's boss fight
0: it's both boss not like you can't you get
1: around them they blow up like right right on you before you can even hit them it's crazy
0: in Contessa once again is the boss fight in World 4 and 5 story wise there's not much to do besides like I said the development of Bentley the one big plot twist you see is that Contessa is a member of the Claw gang she is a, a mole for them at Interpol And she's basically using her hypnotherapy to get, you know, villains to reveal their loot. So all the more reason for Bentley to get them out because he realizes that the Contessa really does work for the claw gang. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And they realize at the end of the episode that she has uh, in her possession, the clockwork eyes. Which is enables her to hypnotize, and so at the end you get Bentley and Sly out, you get the gang reunited, but Carmelita is still captured by the Contessa as well. So that leads into World Five, where the Contessa escapes on a blimp, and then you go further into her estate. World Four is the prison. World Five is the Contessa's estate that she got from her uh, her, her dead husband. Yeah.
1: So we're on we're on World Five, right?
0: Unless there was anything you wanted to cover in World 4. I think we covered World 4 pretty good. The long toss power-up sucks. That's the secret safe. That's like the most useless shit. Yeah. I'm good with World 4. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Now we get to World 5. This one's one. It's not my favorite, but it's probably my number two. My second favorite world in the game. I okay. like World Five a lot. I love, 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 love World Five. But since I blabbered on about the beginning of World Four, you can do World Five if you want. The beginning. No, part.
1: I, I also, you know, the whole goth scene and just no. like cemetery stuff, isn't wouldn't be my usually my first choice. But this world is set up so nicely, and like I said, I every world I'm looking for extreme platforming because you know as you go through the sly series as a whole you you like to paraglide you like to climb you like to jump like that's what makes being playing as sly himself very um addicting and fun yep yeah. so uh world 5 with the contessa's estate is centered around her giant castle a cemetery cityscape all of the above and i think it's just it's just got a lot of fun and it's um, there's a lot of good roaming places. I've, I find it comparable to World 2 in the fact that there's just, it feels very big. And especially because a lot of it is so high up. So once yes. you're on top of the castle there's bridges that go over to towers and there's just so much running and exploring you can do in this level, this world that um, I agree. I think World 5 is really awesome.
0: And Neela makes an appearance in this world again because she Interpol headquarters, yeah, correct. She has, and they spin it to where Neela is trying to bring in the contessa because they discover that she works for the claw gang, so they are trying to bring her down. And that Mm -hmm. Neela, so you still see Neela as a cop in Interpol, where she it makes sense still. It's like, well, yep, Neela's arriving with mercenaries, she's gonna take the contessa in now because she threw Carmelita under the bus, she got promoted. Then they discovered, oh, crap, Contessa, well, I got to take her down. You know what I mean? She's coming off as the noble cop trying to take down all the corruption. Yep. And I love the setup of this mission, like you said. The missions are so good. And and this is the intro of the paraglider, which is like a staple in slide three and four.
1: Yes. And I will say that the... The tanks and the spotlights in this world are such a pain in the ass. There's probably like what five different tanks right outside the hideout. Oh, you
0: gotta haul ass because yeah, they, they don't really hit you too hard, but like you said, the the spotlights do. They'll they'll one shot you. But yeah, yeah, it's really annoying the where when you're near Neela's area, you don't want to be on the ground at all. Like if you do, you better haul like sprint because you're right. gonna be, they're gonna be right on top of you.
1: And that's what I was kind of saying about like world two. That was kind of nice was that the hideout was kind of tucked in away from everything. So you had, you know, room to breathe when you needed to kind of just retreat where world five, obviously you walk out of the hideout and there's tanks everywhere waiting to shoot you.
0: Yeah. I think the world, the missions up until this point, we really like the missions in world two world five, I think has some of the strongest missions in this game as well that are right up there you have the paraglider which is used in future games you have the crypto hacks which is the first tower defense section is bentley which would later become a staple in the series as well where you Mm -hmm. hit the switches to approach oncoming guards in addition you have an excellent use of the camera because up until this point you've only used your uh for recon and this one you use it to capture ghosts for a ghost mission you know, to scare Neela out and stuff like that. There's also the tank missions, and I love the Carmelita chase sequence at the end where Bentley or Murray's in the tank. You know, it's just very memorable. General Clawfoot hauling his ass back to the the safe house. Like, this game has a lot of charm and a lot of personality, and there's so much going on at once, but it does make perfect sense that they do free Carmelita the boss fight still sucks, but I love chasing Carmelita down at the end. I do love outwitting Eila. I do love the tank battle missions. That there's two of them. Like everything about World Five, I just love, 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 love. I think it's one of the stronger sections of the game.
1: Yeah. So a question I wanted to ask you was yep. I at the when we did the series podcast, I mentioned that I liked that as for me as a not so experienced gamer um the sly series is very approachable to for people who aren't great at gaming it's not that it's super easy because i'm still playing it through for the fifth fourth sixth time and i still die you know every other you know time but for someone like you who this game should be fairly easy do you just breeze through these or still playing them do you get irritated and like have there's still irritation no no no.
0: yeah there's still irritations for sure i still get frustrated on like the um i said in slide one the murray race mission still pissed me the fuck off like yeah. i still struggle with those and this world i struggle sometimes with i don't struggle as much with the boss fights but i definitely struggled with the crypto hack the first time because i felt okay. like they were harder than in slide three the photo missions weren't too bad but it was sometimes a pain the tank missions i never died on but so there's I
1: one mission
0: on the crypto hack mission and this one when i played World there's War.
1: one mission where you're you're bentley and you're going through a tomb and once you get to the one end of the tomb yeah, through all the that, obstacles you have to go back with the battery on your back you, and you know. the minute you touch something i can't tell you how many times like Oh, I, I feel died. so excited. That's what I yeah, was saying with the crypto hack missions. They go on one
0: way too long and two you get one shotted basically, which is really yeah. frustrating.
1: Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I got frustrated there. But
0: And the boss fight at the end still sucks. <laughs>
1: oh, it's it's very much a fight. flail. The contessa
0: flails, you smack her, she flails, she produces the spiders. spiders. And then she tries to hypnotize you and then flail some more like, oh, the game, the this whole world is perfect until the boss, which is like, oh, I was hoping they would mix the Contessa up. They did not. They took the easy approach kind of on that one, I think. But it is a great world. And I love the Contessa as a villain. I really yeah. do like her as a villain. I just don't like her fight, her boss fight in particular. I think it's the weakest boss fight up until this point in the game.
1: <gasps> no way.
0: Well, it the, in slide two, it's one of the weaker ones.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Not, not slide one per se, because I'm not going to say it's the weakest in the whole series, because uh, there's some other ones that are doozies. But right. I would say it's the weakest in slide two up until this point. Like, I think Dimitri's a better boss fight. I mean, it's probably better than the dancing minigame, but I don't like it as much as Rajan, which up until this point, we've done Dimitri and Rajan, which I think are two of the stronger ones. Right. Yeah, that's I mean. fair. So that being said, that ends. You free Carmelita. Carmelita's still on the run from Interpol in a way because they still see her as a outcast, plus she broke free. Contessa's jailed, her corruption's exposed, all that hoopla. Um, and then we go to my favorite world in slide two, which is Jean Bizan, World One.
1: World One?
0: Or World Six, I mean. It's World Six. Well, six- but no, we'll I know, but
1: that's up. your favorite world? Yes. <sighs> oh my gosh. I love the old camper feel. I'm I'm going to shame you. <laughs> Why? You, you knew Jean Bizon was my favorite one. Yeah, but I guess I didn't realize which one. And sometimes I forget that all of them have two worlds except for yes. Dimitri. And I guess... Dimitri after, and
0: Arpeggio are the only two. Yeah, that don't.
1: I've obviously raved about the platforming aspect and having stuff to climb and buildings yeah. to jump off of. And don't get me wrong, John Bizan's worlds. Um, I say world two is my favorite and I also like world five. So this is very hard because I'm picking a lot of favorites, but. Well, the, we could
0: say at the end of it too, which one's our favorite world and which one's our favorite boss too as well.
1: But. Yeah. The scenery though of both John Bizan's worlds. Oh, definitely yeah feels so fun so i agree with you but i was not expecting you to say one because platforming wise <laughs> <laughs> it's up- just got it's got one little
0: hill like two There's buildings. No platforming at the very in world beginning. six i will say this i love the aesthetic of world six and i love okay. the mission some of them like the final boss fight in particular
1: i was but gonna say because... i do
0: not like the missions as much it's just purely aesthetic because okay. I don't like the band saws the lumber mills in the other one
1: so that's like me with the aesthetic of world 2 I like Correct. world the two missions aesthetic. of
0: world 7 are stronger but the mis- the world of 6 I like more I love the cabin feel of the, of the heist in the beginning when you're trying to get the blueprints because there's a dialogue between zombies on an arpeggio mm-hmm. like I love the context of it. I love Carmelita following you and capturing Murray trying to eat a sandwich yep Like, I love those type of missions. But, yes, the Bear cut mission sucked. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah. You you could talk about
1: that one, because I don't want to steal your thunder on that one, because that mission blew. (laughs) So, Jeff has mentioned, obviously, that Murray does not have the most exciting missions. They feel very um, just kind of thrown in there, and, like, you're not really using his expertise and, you know, strength. There's one mission in particular when... I played this game this past week, and I was like, holy shit, this was bad. And basically, in the world, there's a giant ass grizzly bear, and then she's got two bear cubs ro- roaming around. And there is, what is it, like a little co- uh, man-powered train, you know, component that's off off the railroad tracks, and it's all caged in. And essentially, if you first look at it, you're like, oh, okay, Bentley could throw two bombs on that thing. And that thing would be torn apart, easily broken free, like no problem. But there's a mission where Murray, Bentley instructs Murray to carry both bear cubs, throw them in the cage. So the mother bear will just um, break the cage open, which the idea of the mission makes a lot of sense. But the fact that the mission is literally go pick up a bear cub, throw it in, go pick up. Another it's very simple. It there's no distraction where slide three corrects that issue of
0: like, it's not a way or like missions or you're being chased by a karma leader or something to add some level of challenge. It's literally like you said, Garrett, you pick up the cub and you run. And
1: I'll, I'll shit on world five for just a second. And it's just like what I said, like, there's no platforming aspect it's all snowy banks and snowy, one snowy hill or world six. And so I think what could have made that mission a little bit more tough is if you did have to go through a little bit of cityscape where you're going to come across a guard and you have to find your way around versus this, it was just so easy to pick up a bear cub and avoid any type of guards. You just walk around you know, yep. you can see everything coming at you. So, yeah, that mission was awful. And it hit me that Murray <laughs> has a couple <laughs> missions that are just pointless.
0: It's the Murray so. missions really suck. But so we're great right coming up on another time for break. When we come back, we'll cover the, the second the half fire. of World 6 right into World 7. Because uh, those are obviously the two zombies on ones. And yeah, so we're right upon on there. And we'll cover the boss. And a little twangy guitar there for you, Garrett. (laughs) From Zombies On, that is World 6 music. So when we left off, we covered the first half of it. And we kind of pooped on it a little bit, and justifiably so. But I feel like I said the aesthetic makes this world great. But I really feel like the second half of this world picks it up. And I feel like it doesn't take its foot off the gas Mm -hmm. until the end of the world. Like, I think, with the train robberies.
1: Yeah, the train robberies and the train missions are definitely the most exciting part of this world. Where
0: you got to get the balloons with Sly, and you got to land up on it and blow off the tops of it. Like, you see the team working in sync, even Murray being an idiot and having to use a train car to keep up with the trains. Like, I feel like that whole segment's fantastic. Bentley using the RC chopper again to take out the tower defense part, or the defense on the train like all of that it felt like a heist movie to me of like it felt like a red dead redemption style of game yeah. where you're like robbing trains it feels like a, a straight up like western movie you know what i mean like i love the aesthetic and feel of this yes i agree and you're getting the clockwork lungs and heart story perspective there's not too much to add like i said there's dialogue between arpeggio and john bizon where john bizon's trying to buy out the rest of the clockwork parts and arpeggio saying like don't you have like five already do you need more yada 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 but There's not really much to add to the story, at least at this part. Just the boss fight. Yes. And the boss fight is not John Bizon Garrett. Mm -hmm. But rather, uh, Neela makes an appearance. And she tries to get the clockwork (laughs) part herself and drops a dialogue of she wants it. Not for Interpol, which is weird, because you think she's there to bust you like Carmelita is. But she's not. She's there for the clockwork part. Yeah. Which is a nice little jab or a hint, so to speak, of foreshadowing. Like, that's where the start things start to set off. Like, the whole time you feel like something's off of Vila, but a bit, you keep trying to justify it. And this for me was like when I played through for the very first time, was a red light of okay, something's wrong with this bitch because she's right. wanting to. She said clearly she wants the clockwork part. So, but I love this boss fight up until this point. This is one of the stronger boss fights in the game for me. I love this Galaga style arcade shooter style. Fight with Nila.
1: Yeah, it's definitely unique and different than all the other boss fights. And you're in the air. You're this time. You're not Murray. You're not Sly. You're Bentley, which is kind of cool. And yep. yeah, it's definitely got a different feel. It's for me. It was the most. It was the easiest to figure out in terms of strategy. Yep. But I do, you know, give it credit for being different. Um. But yeah, I think the music box power-up
0: is the secret safe one for this one. I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add. So this is my favorite world aesthetically, but if you have to combine missions with it, I like World 5 more, but World 6 has a much stronger final boss, though, than World 5. Agreed. So that's why I think it's close for me between 5 and 6. Because 5 is the much better missions, but the whale fart of a final boss. Whereas World Six has the beginning missions that are, and then it gets good at the end with a good final boss. Yeah. So I and think it's
1: World. What is it? Seven. Seven. Okay. Up to the yeah. lumberjack games. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll let I'll let you lead this one, even though you started to lead World Six, uh, but I okay. kind of so- I kind of stopped you in... No, yeah. I'll let you. You can have World Eight, that turd of a world, all to yourself.
0: <laughs> that one. Okay, it's the final world. Um, world Seven, Jean Bizon obviously, you know, retreats further back, similar to what happened with Rajan. Um, I think it's it's mostly a pretty simple transition. Neela gets shot down. She, you know, says the like a Team Rocket style of "I'll get you, Cooper." Yada yada yada. Um, you go to where his lumberjacks are or his sawmill operation. Obviously, the trains are out of commission, which is how you transport the uh, spice for the claw gang. Now they're trying to get the clockwork talons, which are what is attached to the cane of uh, Jean Bizon, which is how he's able to cut down trees so quickly. Um, they want the clockwork talons. Jean Bizon offers them up as a prize for the lumberjack games. In addition... These missions are really well structured because you're trying not only to get yourself ready for the lumberjack games, but you're also trying to, Arpeggio is visiting to get a giant battery from uh, Jean Bizon, which powers his blimp. And it only touches down once every few months to get this battery so it could stay up in the air. So Sly and the gang are simultaneously trying to set up for Arpeggio's world while preparing for the lumberjack games, which I absolutely love. Um, I like all the, I like the missions in this, except for the stupid, uh, freeing the freaking woolly mammoth that gets frozen again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do like the missions. I like the little RC combat club that Murray does. I do like the, uh, old, what was it? Silver face or whatever. The old bear mission. I like flying to get the Eagle egg. I love the lighthouse tower mission. Like I love the missions in this game, including the final mission. Yeah. But you know, I have a speaking feeling like which, the
1: end of this world is gonna cause fights, but keep going. <laughs> yeah, um, speaking of which, so I don't know if it's because I was just rushing or if I was having game glitches for the first time ever, but if you so obviously you can't skip the cutscenes and the instructions on, you know, what Bet Bentley wants you to do during the mission. Yeah. And that can be frustrating, but this time I truly just like zoned out and ignored everything that the video was saying because i knew at some point i would just you know click yeah. the analog stick and i would know where i'd have to go yeah. but every time i did that you know and especially when you have to fly out to the island using the uh, paraglide i would i got up in the air and i was like okay i know i have to you know follow the the balloons or the air or whatever. But then I was confused at where to go, and every time I would click, like the analog you stuff about just. In the
0: mission right within the. Mission, yeah, in a mission. Right yeah, mission. yeah I
1: wouldn't. I wouldn't get a reminder of what I was supposed to be doing, which was really frustrating. So there was like several times where I like had to sit there and like take ten minutes to figure out what it, it was that I actually had to do. But um, that has nothing to do with this world. So, anyways, the world I love. It's. Take it's kind of like Contessa's first world, and then going into Contessa's second world. It's just like a complete upgrade, and it can, just feels even better than you thought it could. And I like that they kind of work those worlds up when it comes to the second one. Because if this yeah. world was reversed with John Bison, John Bazan's first world, you wouldn't feel so great about the first world if it came second.
0: Yeah, no, Um, I agree.
1: Even though I like World Six more
0: in terms of the aesthetic, I agree. If it was flipped, I wouldn't like it as much. They needed to do it this way.
1: So yeah, I this is definitely one of my favorite worlds in terms of like aesthetic. It's got the snowy camp vibe that you were kind of talking about in the previous world, but it's got a little bit more platforming aspect to it with some buildings, some cliffs and stuff like that. And let's see. The one thing I always I keep talking about the hideouts, but maybe it's just because you know. No, they're a part of the game. This time I was rushing a lot when I was playing, so every time I ran back to the hideout, I was trying to always take the quickest route. And for some reason, this world, just like Contessa's first world, was so hard to navigate. So, if you were going, sh- one sec.
0: So no, while Garrett's taking a quick uh, run around, what I was doing is um I think what he's trying to say is this world can get very frustrating in a time too, where the missions are kind of like the eagle mission, I know exactly what he's talking about. When you have to fly and hit all the balloons. And I must have died about a hundred times on that part too, because you have to navigate while flying to see where the hell you gotta go to stay above in the air. And if not, you die and you get through. Um the world itself is pretty straightforward. I think world seven, I keep saying seven cause I got to remember what one we're on. Cause there's eight worlds total. I think the missions are pretty straightforward and set up nicely. I think preparing for, I know Garrett's going to get into it. The missions flow nicely of like for Ben for Murray to get into the arcade racer. He's got to do like the bull moose competition. You got to steal a moose head, a sly like, They all flow very nicely, but you can. The Bentley missions, this is where the game, I feel like, starts to drone on a little bit. Of like, it feels like it's stretched a little bit too thin. And I wish they would have uh, shortened it up a little bit because it feels like it's starting to drag here. But you're also at the end of the game. I feel like Sly 3 and even Thieves in Time fix this issue in future games, but I think it does drag a little bit because I feel like. They're trying to set up the one world while taking care of the Jean Bizon angle as well. Um, and even though Jean Bizon's a good villain, his motivations, he's not as strong of a villain as the Contessa or Rajan, in my opinion. I think those are both or Dimitri. I think those are stronger characters or stronger motivations, but they do stress him as like, he's a character out of time, which I like that a hundred years ago, he'd be looked at as a hero but because of the times nowadays with nature and preservation and everything that he's seen as the villain. And he just couldn't adjust to the time. So, all right, I'm checking to see if Garrett's on his way back. So I'm just currently stalling for a second. So he can still hear me. Okay. So Garrett is able to come out. if not, we can take a quick break and give us uh. Okay, so we can take a quick break in a second. I'll just say two things, and then we'll take a quick break and come back and cover the end of the world as long as the uh, World 8 as well. But I really do like Jean Bizon's final world. I won't say my final part to get Garrett up in arms about the final uh, the boss of this area. I want to save it for his reaction, but I do like the missions. Like I said, I do like the lumberjack games, which is not the boss fight. It was setting up. I was preparing myself to have this be world two like world two of the dance off at the end where we weren't going to get a boss fight with zombies on i was setting myself up for disappointment of oh here we go it's going to be even though i like the lumberjack games mission i'm like up here we go this is going to be the final boss instead but i was pleasantly surprised so before i go any further we're going to take a quick break and come back so we can uh get ourselves together charge up some stuff and then we'll come back and cover the end of world seven slash world eight and give our final thoughts on the game and stuff so all right i think we've got everything in order now see we've been going so long gear that everything's dying on us
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah everything's sorry about right that now. everyone
0: no, you're we're good. It gave me a chance to go on a nice little rant. I was saving the end of it, though, for you, because I didn't want – you might agree with me, by the way, but I have a feeling I might trigger you. So up until this point, the story's pretty straightforward. You're trying to do two things at once for Arpeggio's blimp. You're also trying to do the Lumberjack games, right? And I was saying before that I don't like – I'm glad that it wasn't the final boss of Lumberjack games. Because even though I like that mission, I would have been disappointed if it was like the world two, where that was right. the final thing, and you never fought John Bizon, and you just get the towns, and then you go fight Arpeggio, right? Um, the final boss, because it's a spoiler alert, but story, uh, John, um, you know, Jean Bizon discovers that they are actual contest, not contestants, but the Cooper gang. He knocks them out. And he's manages to steal all the clockwork parts. And this is, like, their worst fear come to life of, like, this feeling of hopelessness, which I absolutely love in this game that it blindsides you because it does it at World 3 and it does it again here, but it still keep, catches me off guard and it fits beautifully with the story that I'm like, oh, Jean Mizan wanted all the parts to begin with. He's like, when, well, no, oh, Arpeggio came in and just paid a ransom, a godfather-type offer. And then mm-hmm. the plan was starting to click of like, oh, maybe this was Sly's fear was realized. Because up until this point, the, coop, the Claw Gang's motives are, well, we're doing our own thing with these. Why do you care? As long right. as we have the individual parts, they'll never unite. Whereas you find out Arpeggio's plan all along was to unite them. Right. So that was his master plan. But anyway you you wake up and once again bentley comes through because he's the only turtle small enough or only person small to squeeze through the hole <laughs> to get out you know old bentley and this boss fight with John Bizon, honestly this is my favorite boss fight in the game really i i was prepared for garrett to have a hissy fit on this one i actually like the best boss fight in the game in my opinion is, and now is it definitively no there's some good ones like world eight's final boss is really good we just covered uh rajon's is good like uh nila's is good but Mm -hmm. i think this one is my favorite because not only do you have the little booby traps from world five reappear but he actually has a health bar it's not like a wave defense you actually have to think on your feet dodge enemies like i do like this boss fight a lot in my opinion
1: Let's just be clear for everyone listening to the podcast. Oh no, here we go. It is it is officially well known that ben, you are Bentley's biggest fan.
0: Oh Bentley Emma says I would <laughs> be in our own Cooper gang, by the way, too. She said you would be sly and I would be Bentley. I'm like, that's great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I do I did really enjoy this boss fight. Um it's 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 almost like some of the missions that Bentley has to do where he's like in the caves and has to, you know, set booby traps and stuff like that. So it's definitely fun. Um, And it's much, it's not as strategic, I would say like where you have to figure out when the boss does what kind of things, like in some of the other boss fights. So I enjoy that part of it, but from someone who's like a very, Experienced gamer who enjoys the difficulty of finding that out um, might not like this boss fight as much
0: because you can kind of flare your way through it, yeah, kind of mash buttons and go through it. But I like it because of the complications of it that it is different than a standard boss fight. That's why I think I like it so much, yeah. It's like I said, it's tough because I like the final boss fight in this game a lot too. Mm -hmm. Like, there's some good ones that are really, you know, up there in this game, but. I just like the different tones of it. What did you think of the story there, Garrett, at the end? too, the Like I said, I love the lumberjack game segment as a mission. I would have been disappointed if it was the boss, but I love the missions. And I like how it sets up for Arpeggio's final world. You know, the final world of the game of, like, they're all just quiet. And I feel like as a player, you're depressed, too, of, like, it's literally everything they've done is pointless now. They just basically did Arpeggio's job for him.
1: Yeah, I think it's a great transition, into the final world and final boss they set it up really well
0: so i think that sets up beautifully for the final world in the game um i'm gonna let you take it from here you can talk about whatever you want for a story because the story (laughs) in this world i like but the world itself to me is it's probably my least favorite world in this game
1: yeah i know i know how you feel
0: this ending i do not i like the ending of the game i do not like this ending gameplay wise i think one and three both had better endings
1: yeah so i'll let jeff touch on you know why he doesn't like the world world but before he does that i'll touch on why i did enjoy it so it doesn't seem all you know (laughs) negative which is funny because this
0: is like you said one of my this is my favorite game in the series and i'm being the negative nancy right now of the group
1: yeah, so I'm assuming, you know, Jeff, you probably don't like the world because one, it's just different from all the other worlds, which could be a good thing. Um, but two, it's you know, it's in the sky, you can't go sprinting away from you know enemies and guards, it's all along you know different bridges and pathways that lead to different platforms, so you're kind of limited in that sense because you can't just run and, you know, jump over a Creek. No, if you jump to the next path, you're falling through the sky and you're dead. So it's, it, there's a lot of restrictions in this world, but, um, I kind of like the fact that it is a little different, you know, as the last world, it, I guess I would rather see this. I'm glad it is the last world because if it had been any other world, it definitely would have, been even worse than what jeff probably already thinks it is but um so i think it's an appropriate last world um in that sense and i think that from a platform i keep touching on the platforming aspect but obviously this time when i played it through i didn't have all the you know capabilities that sly could have with power jumps and Uh, dive bomb, you know, stealth attacks and stuff like that. But if if you do go through and you play it, you know, like Jeff and I said, you should, you know, getting all the collectibles, buying all the gadgets, gizmos and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I feel like this world has a lot of really good opportunities to explore those. Mm -hmm. And, you know, from that aspect, especially with the paraglide, like if you don't like paragliding, then, who are you? <laughs> and and this world is really fun in terms of paragliding and, you know, kind of jumping around from place to place, so.
0: Invisibility power makes it a lot easier here, too, which I did not have.
1: There's invisibility? Yeah, I think it's one of the... Oh, gosh. Yeah, and that would certainly help in this world because you kind of have to cross paths with I guards. I think you basically touched on it. I don't like
0: it because I don't like the... I think it's... Lack of mobility in this world, you do feel very cramped. There's not a lot, there's verticality, but it's very restricted on where you can do it. There's only three points you can get to to climb. And if you fall off at one point, you have to hoof your ass all the way back to one of three said points to get up.
1: Yeah, they could it, have made that a little better
0: for sure. I just feel like the missions in this game are drawn out in this final world, too.
1: I think they're way too long. I do um, like this recon mission the most. Yes. It, agreed yeah because you're not just taking photos sometimes it it the recon missions can get repetitive even though they set up the world really nicely but this recon mission in particular has an extra add-on to it an extra cutscene. you're completing other stuff you're reversing the magnetizers or whatever they are so it it makes it feel like it has more of a purpose than just recon Yes, the beginning,
0: I like the first mission of this world. And like I said, I like the ending of this world, specifically the boss fight. But um, I just don't like the missions itself outside of the early part. Like you said, the recon mission with recounting Arpeggio <clears throat> and seeing the completed clockwork or being clockwork being assembled is really, really, it's really good design. Number one and two, it's really good from a story standpoint as well. I don't like some of the missions, like the barrel mission, which is just hell on earth.
1: Oh yeah,
0: like when you have to mosey your ass on the narrow platform all the way across the bubble. I'll take that over
1: Murray's mission, though. Uh,
0: Which one was? Oh, the (laughs) just in general, break the fire alarm ones, right? You had it's typical of Murray has really shitty missions in this game. I think (laughs) it's like. Yeah. It's not very fun. Bentley and Sly get a lot of the good ones. Um, Sly, uh, both of them have some good missions in this. The Mega Jump mission is really fun for Sly. Yes. You get the Jet Pack, or not the Jet Pack, the Mega Jump Pack, and your are uh, with paragliding. That's very good. That's probably the best mission, I'd say, besides the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final boss, obviously. But... <clears throat> oh, that's what it is. The Shadow Power Invisibility move is in this world, too, if
1: you get all the bottles. See now, thinking about it, since I just played this world between the last two days, yeah. I feel like you got to give it a little more credit in terms of, like the the battery <laughs> missions. Like they they incorporate each each character into their own version of shutting down a battery and why they're needed for that mission. That's a good point. Yes,
0: and they are team. <clears throat> There's no. They each have a combo of like Sly and Bentley,
1: or Bentley and Murray, or yeah. So don't missions. So don't forget about those three missions because those actually were really well developed and they fit the story. I
0: love the story of World Eight. Yeah, the story in general is very, very good and ties it all together. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you want to cover the story first? Did you
1: want to do it? it? I don't care either way. Um, I can cover it. So. Let me clear my throat here. So <laughs> in the recon mission, which makes this world <clears throat> exciting right off the bat is, okay, one sec. <clears throat> um, basically you find out that Neela is working with um, Arpeggio directly. And <clears throat> gosh, I don't know what it is. <clears throat>
0: It's talking about I'm world. aid so
1: That's what <laughs> World eight. It's the ending all. of the game. It's getting to me. <laughs> so, once you destroy to what you think you're destroying, Clockwork, um, it actually reverses it and makes Clockwork, you know, ready to be in action. And there's an instant, huge end of the game plot twist where Nila basically jumps in Clockwork and calls herself Clockla and here all along the whole story is about arpeggio kind of gaining the clockwork parts so that he can become immortal because he's this wimpy ass bird but then just by like the snap of a finger nila pretty much pushes him aside knocks him down and takes it on and she becomes you know the ultimate the whole game pretty much boss and you know that's it's it's surprising even though they lead you up to it obviously very well and like so that yeah so it's um that was a great story twist and you know especially being in the first mission it really like sets the whole tone for the rest of the world
0: and all the world like you said is the rest of the world is set up to stop her like shutting down the batteries like you said and I think Arpeggio. first, I'm like, he is the weakest developed of the villains, but there's a reason for it. It's because they are setting it up for him to be the grand villain, and then they make it Neela. And I'm actually fine with that because Neela gets developed throughout the whole game. Mm -hmm. And she even says, I betrayed Interpol, I betrayed Sly Cooper gang, what makes you think I want to betray you? And it's like, well, that's a good point. She's kind of betrayed everybody up
1: until this point. Which I'm surprised now that I think about it, they didn't, <clears throat> they didn't have a closing scene of Neela really being taken into custody or anything. Did you uh, notice I that? Dead. I think she's dead. <laughs> I think she
0: merged herself with clockwork. I think she's oh, like, oh, okay. I know what you mean. If she's like in the, I think she fuses herself circuit wise in there. So I don't think her body becomes anything. I think it's gone. It's merged per- permanently with clockwork. So when gotcha. she gets destroyed at the end of the game, I think she's like gone, gone. Okay.
1: That makes sense. That's a
0: good point, though. I could see it both ways. But, you know, could you see her face, like, illuminate up. Like, I think she's actually, like, merged fully with Clockwork. Gotcha. And yeah. I love the plot of Arpeggio. Like, his plot, like you said, of being the mastermind of not only was the claw gang each having their own devices. Like, you know, one was the operator developing it, right? One was the distributor, which was Jean Bizon. One was the, you know, the person who kept them off the, the cops, which were the Contessa and Neela like it was all perfectly planned but then you realize there's another layer to it which i was hinting at in the beginning of this episode or the of the podcast of uh, arpeggio had them all do their own thing as well like he's like no i wanted to distribute the spice not because i wanted us to just make money that was part of it but this spice induces rage mm-hmm. and the rage is what fuels clockwork and the rage will make me immortal And Dimitri, who was seen as useless in the beginning of the game, is no, he's distributing this spice as well unwillingly or unknowingly in his clubs. So we're going to hover over Paris, activate this, which is through the Contessa's hypno box, which is going to trigger all these people in the raid. You know what I mean? Like, all of it tied in the – like, the clogging was totally being played by Arpeggio. Like, you think they're a, a team, which they are, but Arpeggio all along planned on using them and dumping them. Right. And then Neela gets the last laugh because Neela was the one who knew his plan too and was like, no, I'm going to just ditch him right at the end.
1: Which she had to pull, you know, a lot of strings to be able to get that far because at first she was undercover. Yep. And then, or no, first she was a the cop, then she's undercover, then she's not. and mm-hmm. Yeah, she definitely earned her right as the final boss in that sense.
0: And to Arpeggio, he believes that she was the gonna take over for him anyway that once he was clockwork she would take over the gang and continue to do the spice and that's what he th- figured to be a good enough trade off mm-hmm. but I like the Neil is the final boss like I said I like the story behind it I love the final boss in this game where you team up with Carmelita once again
1: oh and that's it's horrible
0: <laughs> horrible you don't like it Oh no! okay
1: no it's just <laughs> so it's so trippy and so difficult I was playing it for okay ideally a boss fight should take this long but knowing how many times I've played it and hardest whatnot. Boss fight in
0: the game. I would say maybe even in the series it's a really tough boss fight I will say
1: and I was so I was I had music playing on my bluetooth speaker and I had the tv muted so I thought that would kind of you know if anything it should help me not feel so intimidated and distracted but I was so, like Carmelita is sucking at flying. She's like all over the place. <laughs> then on top of that clock claw is like flying up sideways all over. And then on top of that, the background, the backdrop of the whole scene is like, making you dizzy and like it just it's very hard to aim and like you can't stay consistent with your shots it's don't forget, which ranks, which yeah. is okay because it's, it's and it's,
0: the one hit ko attack that you got to shoot her. if you don't shoot her enough you get there yeah
1: and it, it should be difficult but like the whole background sky like was a little extra like they made it so much more like but difficult yeah they could have made it
0: just hard to shoot like they did i feel like they handled it better with the Neela finds the and John on where you could be challenging and dodge, but don't make the camera swoon on purpose to make you want to be sick.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, but I think it's a good final boss, though. I think the ending of this game hits home. It's got a kind of dark ending. Mm -hmm. Like, they do defeat Clockla, you know, Carmelita smashes the hate chip. And once she does that, the parts melt right before their eyes and age. The hate chip was keeping it alive, like Arpeggio was saying. That that's what made the parts immortal. Um, they save everything, but in the process of destroying the hate chip, Bentley has the claw, the mouth of Clockwork close on him, and it cripples him. And uh, they're in no position. Sly offers to give himself up to go with Carmelita to spare murray and bentley and let them go free yeah and then he gets away and they have a good interaction this is like probably the best interaction between the two because they have like a flirty flirty moment at the end of the first game too but in this one you really see that they are a perfect match for each other they're just opposite sides of the same coin yeah like they're both good people and i think they recognize that they just come at it from different angles and they really hit home on that in this game of they're both kind of the same person, just different sides of the law. Right. They're both trying to, and, and, and before people say, well, no, like, you know, Carmelita's too set in her way. It's like, no, she bends the rules all the time for Sly because she sees the greater evil. Like, she could have easily just put Sly in bars and been like, yeah, screw Clockley. I don't care if all London's destroyed. I want Sly gone. But mm-hmm. she bends the rules because she's like, you know, Neil is the bigger threat or the contest is the bigger threat. Like she's willing to put her ego aside for the greater good. Right. And Sly is the same way. Sly only steals from people who need to be stolen from. He doesn't just pick on, you know, he's like the Robin hood side of the law, but I just like the ending to it. And like I said, it's very dark. Um, and sets up for Sly three nicely. But if this would have been the last game in the series, I would have really been like, who? Oh, because I feel oh, like. Oh, that would have been awful. It would have been bad because you still. Sly does get away from Carmelita, uh, spoiler. But I would have been peeved because I'm like, oh, we never find out what happens in Sly and Carmelita. Oh, we never, what happens. You can't leave Murray cri- or Bentley crippled like that and just end the game there. Right. There needs to be a payoff for the gang. And I feel like thank God it wasn't the last game. So as much as I love slide two, if this was the last game in the series, I would have been pissed. (laughs) Like, because that's not the way to end the series. Right. But they knew they were making a third game. They were already like a third of the way into development on it. So they knew it was coming, but I would have been peeved if they ended it that way. So yeah, we
1: all would have been, that's for sure.
0: Is there any thoughts you had on The Last World or any story bits on that? Because then, obviously, we'll take a break and get back to uh, the full, like, our final thoughts. Like, final thoughts in the game, closing statements, anything we
1: like, you know? Um. No, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the whole first date scene kind of uh, clip between Carmelita and Sly. I thought that was really nice because you know that they have, you know... A crush or whatever you want to call it throughout the game, but there they really kind of touched on it because Sly's talking about how they how they interacted and all the stuff they kind of bonded on in the f- ten minute helicopter ride, and thought that was pretty cool. Actually, but, ten minutes it was like three
0: hours. They just didn't realize. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Spent, Murray left him a going away present.
1: Right in the plane. That's pretty much it.
0: Oh, that's pretty good. I don't want to get into the weeds too much. This isn't necessarily the 30 minute mark for our break, but I want to take it now. So then we can just give closing thoughts without having to worry about, you know, getting cut short in any of it. So we're going to take a quick break when we come back here. And I are going to give our final thoughts in the game. Um, we won't be doing a series re-ranking yet. We want to play through slide three on our among These, And we also want to play through slide thieves in time as well, before we quote unquote re-rank it. If we even re-rank it, we might keep our rankings the exact same, but yeah. So we'll take a quick break and come back. We're on the closing home stretch here. So Garrett, we've covered all the world. We've covered what we think improves upon it. Like I said, it took me about 14 to 15 hours. There was eight total worlds in this game, which is the longest by far. But like you said, it's because every boss gets two worlds, basically, to help develop them out. I feel like this is a longer game where Sly 3, is, I think, got six worlds only. I think other ones have like five. So it's like this is really the longest game in the series. Um, We can give like closing thoughts. What was your favorite? Before we get to final, final thoughts, what was your favorite boss in this game? What was your favorite world in this game? And if you want to say your favorite villain, you can as well. They might go hand in hand. You know what I mean? Like some might be a good villain, but
1: a shitty boss fight. So favorite villain. I think Contessa is just a badass. Like she seems like the head. She's the head of the clogging. Or no, she's not. She's head of Interpol, right? Interpol. Well, in her, head of the uh, prison, yes. She example. kind of runs the show. Like, she's, like... She outranks on, she, Carmelita. She's,
0: she's not the boss of all of Interpol, but, yeah, she outranks Carmelita in them. Yeah, you but, can
1: tell she just kind of knows her shit, and compared to some of the more doofier members of the Claw Gang, I feel like she's the baddest boss. Yes. But in terms of, you know, boss fights and stuff like that, I'd want to say Rajan or Jean Bizan. Oh,
0: you I, got to pick one. Even if oh, you put God. a coin, I'm going to make you pick one of them. Because I'm okay. going to myself pick one of them.
1: Okay. And this has nothing to do with the world, so I'm going to say Rajan. Okay. My
0: favorite boss or villain as well is also the same as yours. I also think Contest is the best Okay. in terms yeah. of villain. For the reasons you just outlined, I'm not going to repeat too much. Besides, I think her motivations make the most sense. She's the biggest threat to the gang and that she actually captured them. Um, I know Nila was behind it too. But uh, I really like her as a villain. I hate her boss fight though, so I can't put her as my favorite boss fight. But... And then I already touched on my favorite boss fight in the game. I would say Jean Bison mm-hmm would be my favorite boss. And then favorite world is tough. Because I'm like you, I'm between two. For me, it's between
1: World 5 and World 6. Which is Uh, Contessa World 2 and
0: Zombies on World
1: 1. Okay, then I get to narrow it down to two for me. And then then it's tough because I got to pick between those two.
0: Because I'm going to definitively try to pick. Because they both have, like we discussed in our review earlier... I like the first half of World 6 more, but I like the or sorry, the first half of World 5 more, but I love the second half of World 6 more.
1: So my top 3 are 2, 5 and 7. Yep. Um Gosh, I'll let you go first. <laughs>
0: So my third one, it's tough. Uh, my favorite world, uh, it is really freaking tough.
1: I'll put five as my my number three. So now I'm down to two. Three. Yeah.
0: I I think I'm going to surprise you. I think I'm, I have changed my mind on my favorite world. I think my world, my new favorite world, for the longest time it has been Zombies on, but I do think it's world five for Contessa now. Because mm-hmm. it has the best, the final boss sucks. But everything else about that that world is really good, from start yeah. to finish. Um, I like the design, I like the aesthetic. My world two would be zombies ons, but the you, like you said, overall the nostalgia makes me want to put world six number one. But the first few missions, like because there's three tiers of every world, the first tier really blows chunks in that that world. Yeah, those first three missions suck, and it so, kind of. You know, and but the boss fights really freaking good. But you know, I I still think it's my World Two is my second favorite, and then my third favorite and final one for the top three, I would probably put. Uh, I know that doesn't sound like English. I would probably say, uh, Jesus. I would probably say world
1: seven zombies on two. Okay. Yeah. So mine would be for nostalgia purposes, appearance and consistency. I'm I'll stick with two for now or not yeah. for now, but I'll stick with two in terms of, for the podcast and then seven and then five for my top three. Yeah. We have the same
0: villain for everybody, obviously. Um, We don't have to, in this review, cover if it moved up or down for us because, like I said, we still have to go through slide three and slide Thieves in Time. Just a reminder to everyone, our original rankings where I had slide two as my number one, slide three as my number two, Thieves in Time was next in the worst, or not, well, was worst, but to me it was slide one, where Garrett was Thieves in Time followed by slide two, followed by slide three, followed by slide one. Mm-hmm. um i like i said we don't have to share right now because i don't want to personally share my opinion either until i play through thieves in time again
1: yep.
0: <laughs> it kind of sucks because i played through slide one and three enough times to know it thieves in time i've played the least so i don't want to say oh slide two holds its own or oh well slide two is dropped for me because if thieves and time isn't as good as you know what i mean is advertised either it won't take slide two you know what i mean so i want to leave it open before but i will say slide two to me i gave my nice summary at the beginning of what i think of it i think it comes down to what makes a sly cooper game great and everything that that happens is two does really well two doesn't have as and like i said i'm going to try to keep this in a bubble of its own game as it's, its own game not comparing it to three and four Yap, its gameplay hasn't aged as well there's some missions that drag there's there's parts that drag out in this game i think that could have been trimmed out Mm-hmm. Of the that, especially world seven and world eight could have used some trimming and by seven i mean like the eagle mission was a little frustrating went on too long like they could have trimmed some of that they could have trimmed up world eight a bit there was a couple missions that were unnecessary world six uh, the first three missions with grizzly bears sucked cut it i would have anyway um there could have been some cutting and editing but I do think it's still to me like a nine and a half or a nine out of ten game. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's a ten. I know there's parts where I was debating it like a few years ago like and Garrett knows this how much I typed it up, but I think it's it's still no matter how much you love it, it's still got flaws that keep it short of a masterpiece to me like in terms of like a ten
1: yeah to me and and Jeff, you and I can sit here and now officially talk about all the things we would change about the game, but You know, we've also played the game, you know, five to six different times. And so at that point, you're going to, you know, eventually find flaws or, you know, get tired of some stuff. So
0: that's a good point because the first time
1: players are going to say we're
0: on drugs, especially if they played slide one first and haven't played slide three and four yet. They're going to play slide two and think we're out of our goddamn mind.
1: (laughs) Yeah, because up up until up until this time playing it, I would have never said anything bad about the game. Yep. Same. So, um, but no, I think
0: the things that this game does really well, which ages perfectly, and I think it's more just an age thing. You know what I mean? Like, I think these boss fights that we make fun of now were fine back in 2005, mm-hmm. but nowadays we're like, eh. you know what I mean? Like, they haven't aged as well. I think some of the platforming's fine; it was great back in the day, but now it's kind of like, eh. Right. But the story has translated very well that still holds up the sound design the music holds up still and the the uh, overall concept of the game like the diverse gameplay the characters the bosses are still f- absolutely fantastic the villains like all that translates still to me like that still feels really freaking good and the worlds itself still feel really good right so to me it's still like a nine and a half would you say this game, would you agree with that type of review? Or are you falling in the same area? Because like I said, I know Slide 2 fell as your second one. Do you feel like this is still a nine or better game?
1: Yes, I'd say it's definitely a nine. I think it's still a
0: must play for platform fans because I know there are other games outside of Slide 2 that have a better gameplay hook to them. Games mm-hmm. like Mario, the Mario series. I think games like um, Ori... Well, Ori actually has a great story, too, but there's a lot of platformers out there like Rayman that have better gameplay than Sly, but I don't think they hit on the story like Sly does. Sly is like the platformer that's more than just the platformer to me. I think if you're restricting it to just how good is the running and jumping, I think you're selling Sly really short. Yeah. Especially slide two. We could compare it that way to slide one because slide one was an old school crash bandicoot like platformer. But slide two, I think, tries to be more than just the platformer. And I think that's why they introduced the different missions, the serious story. This has the more I think it has the most mature story outside of slide four. Mm-hmm. In terms Agreed. of dark and touching on dark tones and betrayal, and you know, at least for a story of a platformer sorry excuse me no no no. you're good we're running late right now that's why we're burning the midnight candle right now or midnight oil whatever (laughs) (laughs) you know but um but no to everyone for tuning in we are going to cover slide three next gara and i are hopping right on that uh already kind of breezing through it so (laughs) I'm a little bit on a spree right now with it but we are going to play through that really hot and heavy we're going to give you our thoughts on that and then we will do thieves in time Just a reminder, there is a Facebook poll up on Geeks Who Watch Football uh, for what game to play after we do the slide series. I have it between Mass Effect and Resistance. Uh, So go there and vote. I'll also be posting on Instagram. Be sure to leave a like. Be sure to leave a review. You don't have to say anything. Just leave star review. Even if it's negative, every little bit helps, whether it be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor. Um, Any closing thoughts, Garrett, before we sign off on slide two? Great game. Better words were never said. To me, it's still a top <laughs> game. It's gonna be a Sly Cooper game as my nostalgia second of all time. The series is still really good. Playing through one and two, and I'm like I said, burning through three right now. And you probably are the same way, Garrett. They're all really good. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. it's to n- me, even it's if the slide Two isn't as good,
0: yeah, even if Slide Two isn't as good, I'm still good. Let's say Slide Four passes it, or Slide Three passes it. It's gonna be my second favorite game of all time. Then that one will be. Like they're right. it, as a series, it's really freaking It's a rare series. You don't see games like this too often come around.
1: Agreed. Yeah, very well developed and consistent with you know characters and storylines. Besides the Murray, you can go piss off.
0: Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> that's me dropping my bomb right before the end. Uh, I do like <laughs> the Murray in Slide Three, though. I do think they did a better job of them in Slide Three, but yes. um. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's episode. Like I said, remember to leave a like, leave a review. This will be posting on Thursday next week or the week after, whichever. Or we are going to cover slide 3 for those of you who want to start playing. It is not as long as slide 2, so you should be able to beat it, like I said, about 8 to 10 hours. So if you start playing now, you will beat it by the time we talk about it. Um, but, yeah, thanks for coming on, Garrett. Uh, thanks, to everyone, for listening. And we'll see you guys when we talk about slide 3.